Hello foodies. Thanks to everyone who has listened to our first two episodes and to everyone who has reached out to us on social media. We really do love hearing from you all. Thanks everyone to, for the support so far. It's been brilliant. If you haven't yet checked out our blog, please make sure you do. It's www.breakingbreadpodcastuk.blog. So it's been a busy few weeks now since we started this podcast. Um, I've managed to get a good few recorded now and we've got some absolutely cracking ones coming up. I really can't wait to share them with you. Today's podcast is an interview with the head chef from one of the best new additions to an ever-blooming Birmingham pub scene, Pint Shop. Really is a cracking place and if you've not been there, make sure you do. Um, they've got loads of real ales, way, from, way too many for me to list here. Um, they've got, I think I've read somewhere that they've got over 100 different gins to choose from. And of course, absolutely amazing food as well. Uh, me and Mark had an absolutely amazing chat. He really does have a great story and was really honest and open to sharing it. I'm still quite new to the podcasting, so I am still learning. I really loved the idea of recording this interview in the point shop. I just didn't really realise just how loud a packed out pub on a Friday evening would be. So there is a bit of background noise in the interview, um, but hopefully it's not too distracting. I like to think it adds a little bit of an atmosphere. Anyway, I hope you enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, episode three of the Breaking Bread podcast with Mark Walsh. Hi, uh, yeah, I'm Mark, uh, head chef at Pine Shop in Birmingham. Uh, started here about with the company about just over three months ago. Quite an intensive, uh, um, let's say, few few weeks down in, in the Cambridge site, which is quite mental. We've got a lot going on. We, uh, yeah, we we started off down there. I was kind of to do my training, um, and then kind of literally stepped into the kind of Colin head chef in Cambridge for, for about three weeks. Yeah. I did it the head chef. Um, so that was a bit sort of baptism of fire, as it were. Uh, it's a busy site. Um, but to be fair, I think Birmingham, what we've got coming up in Birmingham, we're going to smash it. Literally, we're going to be twice as busy as them down there. So. Beautiful building down there, isn't it? The Cambridge site's fantastic. We've set, got a similar setup here, um, but this is literally, so it kind of got refurbed and got finished by four or five weeks ago. So literally, there was at one point, you can kind of see on the stairs on the way up. Um, we've kind of kept it. We're some of the banisters and the actual, um, the top end of the staircase fell out because the building was sat for 20 years derelict. So we've had to rebuild the whole staircase. And it's got quite a lot of quality features as well with the building, so it's pretty cool. I've been told quite a few times, you know, buildings with character are beautiful. They yeah. also come with big problems. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that's yeah. the case there. The, one of the big ones here was quite a big one um, where the kitchen is. Uh, it originally was on like a plinth, so it was on a stage. <laughs> so the actual original kitchen, if it was where it was going to be, you didn't fancy that with some big yeah. red curtains and that. No, no, no. <laughs> you would, through, through the actual opening in the hot plate, you would just see my feet. 
<laughs> that's how far up it was. So it was like they've had to lower the whole floor, and it's all a bit like a bit bouncy still. So no, it's not a small jump. <laughs> no, no, it was massive. It was massive. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of hype about opening the pint shop in Birmingham. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. I don't know how many times I sat drawing at pictures of Scotch eggs. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's kind of the big one. So like, it all kind of started. It, these guys kind of kind of approached me and uh, said like, you know, this would be the, you know, what do you think? What do you fancy? You know, do you fancy? And I had a, I had a bit of a plan in, in my life, kind of last my birthday last year. And like a five-year plan, I was like, right, this is what I want. In five years' time, I want a little boozer. Um, kind of sell nice beers, uh, possibly my own, and doing nice food um, that people want to eat. Nothing too fancy. Uh, kind of done, done rosette cooking, I've done Michelin level. Um, it was a long time ago, but... You know, I just want to cook food to make people happy, and these guys just literally hit the nail on the head. Um, and the Scotch egg thing—that was just mental. So obviously, Scotch egg, sausage rolls, pies are kind of like the staple for a pint shop. That's kind of the standard, which the guys have been doing for nearly, I think, about seven years now um, in Cambridge. So. They've, that's their kind of signature thing so you know we you know we would they, the company was doing that sort of you know quite a few years ago before there was any of the other kind of people doing that you know it's kind of on trend and on my interview I was kind of asked to write a menu um, so I was like okay cool and me being me kind of but like a bit tongue in cheek kind of like I don't mind taking a piss about it and I just thought just for a laugh why don't we just do like something brummy? Like, you know, but I'm not a brummy, I'm not an island. But I thought, you know, I've been living here quite a while. It's curry, isn't it? Think about Birmingham, it's curry. So I thought, just for a laugh, let's do onion badge scotch egg. Just for shits and giggles. Turned up to do my interview uh, with this menu that I wrote. And the guys went, yeah, well, that, 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 that. And they basically picked the dishes off the menu that I wrote. Scotch egg was the one offer, and it was the first one I put up, and I was literally packing myself. I'd never made it before, I hadn't checked the recipe, couldn't remember how long I was boiling eggs for, and how long to cook before. I was like, I was literally shit myself. So, I'd done it in my interview, and they came out and they were spot on, and the recipe's still the exact same. <laughs> Believe it or not, I literally wrote the recipe in the Oxford kitchen while I was doing up the dish, so it was pretty cool. Um, and then majority of the menu, to be fair, is still uh, my interview menu. It's certainly uh, got a lot of love over social media. Oh, yeah. As yeah. <laughs> what would you say would be uh, the best thing on the menu? <laughs> uh, there's a few There's a few kind of crazy dishes. Uh, and there's like kind of a bit not too out there because, you know, we're not like that. We're still a pub. So there's a couple of dishes on there that I kind of, I'd eat. You know, I mean, I'd eat everything on the menu. Um, there's a couple of kind of my signature dishes, as it were. Um, so the octopus, I wanted to do the octopus dish years ago, and not years ago, a couple of years ago, in another restaurant that I opened up in, uh, in the city centre. 
Um, I was kind of tall like now. I don't think people will get it. Like, you know, I don't think no customers will get it. And I was like, well, why not? It's pretty cool. Like, you know, it's cool. And now uh, I get So anyway, kind of moved on. I'm here and I went, hey, nice. What do you think of this? And went, that's cool. Put it on. And it sells. So it's like an octopus carpaccio with just literally a dress and some crispy seaweed. That's it. The first time I looked at the menu, that was the first thing that drew my attention. I thought, that's it, that's what I wanted to try. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cool, it's cool. It eats really well, and it's such a simple, sort of like, simple dish with like kind of not too many sort of like whistles and you know, bells on it. It is what it says in the tin. On your pie, Scottish egg. They're all. So it started off, we, we were going to have just the onion bhaji up in the restaurant with the mango right here. Um, and then of course, like for soft openings and that, the boss is going, Chef, I think you need to put some of them down. I'm like, no, 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 If we do, we're just going to be making them all day long. And I was like, oh, it's going to kill me now. So literally, once we put it down in the, in the, in the aquarium, high aquarium, it just, they can't get enough of it. It's like, oh, yeah, no. So every 10 minutes, we just, we fry them off and we just send them downstairs and it holds in the cabinet and it can sit there for like four or five hours, still running out. Excellent. Which is nuts. Um, and then the, kind of the kebabs, some of the kebabs are cool. Um, I love the tandoori. Tandoori <laughs> chicken kebab is just amazing. Um, so I get the spice from small leaf. Um, uh, yeah, and then there's loads of other stuff in the menu. It's cool. I think the, the the common theme with the whole kind of pub is just keep it simple. But do the simple things. Yeah, excellently. Yeah, yeah, really well. I mean, I'm, you know, my background is kind of kind of high end, called Rosette company house hotels. You know, we used to be in it, sort of like crack the dawn working right the way through, and it'd be nuts. Um, and you kind of just do it. But there's very little of us in the kitchen, there's very little space, and we kind of have to scale stuff down. So, like, instead of having 15 different elements to go on a dish, we've got like three, we might have three dishes on the menu. But, you know, for instance, the cauliflower puree, so much love goes into it, you know what I mean? Pork belly, we cook it overnight, put loads of love in, and that's all it is is love, is love in what we do. And I, I'm hoping it shows as well. First. It shines through, yeah. it really does. Yeah, it really yeah. shines through. Um, I'd like to take you back a little bit, just a few years <laughs> now. Um, so, whereabouts are you from? Obviously, not a Brummie accent. No. Um, uh, originally from Northern Ireland, uh, a little town called Larne, which is just, um, just north of Belfast. That's where the um, hope comes in. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's where we grew up. So, a lot of people kind of can't work me out. They reckon I'm Scottish, but I'm not. And it's because of the port, the, the seaport. And that's what it is, obviously. Um, yeah, so I've been over here in, in England about 26 years. <laughs> Just a few years Yeah, then. so yeah. And growing enough, did you always know you were going to be a chef? No. No, why? Um, no, it was mental. Um, the family that I'm from, we're like, we've all been in the kind of hospitality trade. Um, my granny was a cook. Um, my, my, my father was a, was a chef. Um, um, my old man passed away when I was young. And I kind of knew what he'd done, but I kind of didn't really, you know I mean? I didn't 
really get into it, you know, ask my parents and that. But they all know, like, you know, so I knew he was like a chef and that. Didn't really take any notes. So I wanted to go to GCSEs to, to go to art college or to become an architect, believe it or not. So I had all intentions of going to art school, Belfast Art School, and um, and that's what I took on my GCSEs. And then my mum told me, oh yeah, we're moving to England, like the Easter just before my GCSEs. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> so that was literally that, okay, that's gone out the window, so what we going to Belfast Art College? I was only 16, so we moved, we moved across to York, um, and we kind of landed in York, and then we stayed there for a bit, um, and I was kind of told advice to get a trade by my stepfather at the time, and I kind of got a trade, doing this construction course that was like for college at York, and uh, like a week into it, I was like, shit man, I'm not bothered doing this, I'm like, bring building walls and stuff. <coughs> so I got a job in the pub, just as a waiter. And uh, I was kind of getting bored of them shouting, like, you know, because I was going out, literally just off the boat, shouting the numbers out, because that's how we used to do it in the pub, it was busy. And, um, you know, all these kind of northerners going, oh yeah, pretty tree we're over here. And I was like, oh yeah, it's really boring now. So I ended up working in that, like, I says, can you give me a fried chips for you or do anything? I got in the kitchen and literally, I, I can't even believe how everything felt so natural and like the way that stuff happened, it kind of all seemed a bit logical to me. And I was like, this is kind of that, I know what I'm doing before I'm, I've been asked to do something and not actually know what to do, but I can do it, which is really weird. So, was there a part of you that maybe thought, I'm drew to this because yeah, like, I'm following in my dad's yeah, 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 precisely. Um, it was, it was kind of like that. I think it was kind of in blood anyway, obviously. Um, you know, my grandmother was a, was a cook and like, my dad was cooking that and then all of the family and stuff. So I kind of knew what, what I had to do, even though I didn't know how to do it. It's really weird. Like, um, there's a proper kind of like, one of, one of the places I was working when I was young, um, the, the, chain, the chain mates were like, used to take the piss, like, because none of us can speak Spanish, and they're all Spanish. Like, oh, can we do some paella for staff food? Because we serve hotels, it's terrible, like, staff food. So we try and make it nice. So he says, the chef went, why don't you make a paella? And I'm like, oh, I make fucking paella. <laughs> Look at me, <laughs> So I started, he just told me, he says, that, 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 that goes into it. I was like, okay, cool. And started making it up. And all of a sudden, never making it before, I kind of knew what I was doing and what, when I needed to do stuff and what went into it. And kind of, I knew what I was doing and, and they loved it. They thought it was the best thing. They said better than a pile of it at home. And then my, um, I was talking to my mother that, that Sunday night, like, back then, I was kind of a mommy boy, just first moved away from home. And I was telling her about it, and she went, oh, yeah, when, like, when your dad was ill, you used to sit and make it. And I was like, whoa. It was like a proper kind of surreal moment, like, because I was, used to sit when I was about three and watch him make it, and I was like, fuck, so that was pretty cool, man. But that was, um, kind of how I knew what I was doing. So food was always... 
yeah. always on the scene yeah. when you were growing up. Yeah, no, I've still got it. Like, is there any meals that you love to see that your mum cooked for you? Favourite food growing uh, up? My mum's a great cook, honest. Uh, no, she is. She's actually a really good cook. Um, why, why did you say that? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. You're trying to me? She's, <laughs> um, no, my mum's actually got more qualifications than me. Oh. <laughs> uh, in Karen, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, she's a really good cook. She's like... She used to do like a like beef stroganoff stuff, like proper proper beef stroganoff. Um, Cold day, come home to that. Yeah, yeah, it was nice, man. But then, like, I remember like favorite thing, favorite food ever was kind of like like my dad used to do um, um, boiled eggs, peel them, mash them up, not water, black pepper, best thing. Ever. Fantastic, love yeah. it. Fantastic, um, yeah. <clears throat> Did you have any mentors when you were doing your training as a chef? Yeah, loads, man. Loads. Any one in particular? Um, yeah. I mean, loads of people say loads of different things, obviously. Like, my old man, uh, and then uh, my head, uh, head chef down at the castle, Tom. Um, back on Richard, he 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 was from York, and I kind of came down from York pretty much inadvertently, around the houses. Um, so I went into York. I went in to this hotel as a, as a just a chef party, um, and it was Richard uh, Phil Vickery asked me to come down you know from TV yeah and my best mate um, was his sous chef so he's like oh, come down and work for us come down and work so eventually I went down after about two years of trying to persuade me to get down there to this um, to this hotel down in Somerset um, get down there Phil went the day before and I was like wounded so then this guy called Richard Guest started and it was kind of his he was pretty much his first head chef position out of London. Um, he was like an oven as well. He's a really nice bloke. And then kind of like within about six, seven months of me starting, I got promoted from CDP right up to Senior Sue. And then that year we got the Michelin star. And we got four, uh, three rosettes. And we kept it for four years. And that was meant when we kind of... I grew as an inter-chef with, with him is kind of mentoring me because um, he said you know there's two there's like three sh- sort of sous chefs that you can be you can be the real nasty one that just goes around and shouts all day everybody I thought um, I were just on the telly no no he's yeah back, back then we could uh, no we couldn't sorry honestly um, <laughs> but yeah you could like shout you know be that that nasty chef or you could be like the real nice guy the one to go to like or he said you can be like proper a bit by but better not kiss so you can have like you know you can be you, you, it's best to keep the guys guessing so they don't know whether you're going to go fucking nuts or if you're going to be really killed with them um, so it's like it's kind of like that so I kind of went uh, I chose the latter so the guys would be like bringing me stuff up to the past and I'm like ah. we were in a Michelin environment you know back in the kind of late 90s it was just not it wasn't a nice environment to be in not even gonna lie. 
So you kind of ask these chefs, and be like, oh, you've got to be, you know, be seasoned, send them back with that. And it's like, no, it's not seasoned, mate. It's just like, give it back to them twice. I'm like, need seasoning, mate, check seasoning. Third time, mate, pan isn't going to get past him. He's getting full across the kitchen. But then you come up to him, and you're like, mate, where, where is it from? Where is it all? <laughs> and they're like, and it really freaks with her head a bit. And it's, that's, that's what, like, Sometimes, like, to get, you've kind of got to manage people, but I kind of realised, obviously, I've grown up. <laughs> I've grown up a lot since then. It was quite a few years ago. Nobody, nobody's the same as they were 10 no, years ago. No. Um, but I've learned how to man- manage people because you have to kind of micromanage people and you have to deal with people in a different way because it's really, really difficult in this kind of society we've got nowadays. We've got this main culture. Yeah, I don't shout, stand, and scream at people. It's not the way to do stuff. You do not, you do not get the best out of anybody. But you have to manage each different individual differently, and it's quite frustrating, really. It's like being a bit of like a social worker sometimes. But you kind of have to do it. it comes with a job, and it's not the best bit of the job, really. <laughs> what, what advice would you give to somebody who's just starting out in the? Um the chef game uh, stick at it because they don't they genuinely don't <laughs> you know, uh, and you've got to read man you've got to do research you know there's no point walking into a job and kind of not knowing anything you do and I had a guy turned up the other day um, and he said he's got an interview and I was like okay cool what's your name oh Jerry such and such I can't even remember you know. so you've got an interview what time Dude, he, he did, there was no energy. <laughs> he just randomly turned up. Maybe, no maybe he was chancing it. For, I yeah. don't know, I just walk in and get myself a job here. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, just stick at it. Do, do your research. Find out where you're going, what you're doing. And read, read books, man. What, what, kind of, uh, what book would you recommend? If you could recommend just one, if you're going to give someone... Oh, there's no time, man. Um, all of the books I kind of like, I I lo- I love to read now. Even looking back now, like the old um, my dad, my uncle's books and stuff. Um, the like uh, Escoffier books, like Marcuzine, uh, Guide to Modern Modern Culinary Art, um, French Culinary Art by Pilly Pratt. Um, like the Reptile Delicacine, that's cool, man. That is a mental book. It's really hard. Kids, I recommend it to kids like young students nowadays, and they're going, she have no idea how to use it. And I'm like, just read it. <laughs> just read it and get, you know, get to grips. But definitely Marco Pierre Wayne. It's just, it's the reason why I'm cooking now. Yeah. I mean, that is why I'm still cooking. I got that book, you know, when I was kind of 18, 19, and I was like, this is literally. Oh, man, this is like wow. Yeah, I mean, back in the nineties, he was just literally blowing it out of the water. And the photography now is great, and it and I love the dishes. And I've kind of got like peach melba. I wish I could do peach melba like he does in that, but I can't. I ain't got time to it. So we've <laughs> kind of got like just a pint shop version of a kind of thing. But yeah, chefing is a not- notoriously stressful job. What do you do to relax outside of it? 
<laughs> well, well, okay, right. Normally, when I'm off, <laughs> um, no, um, yeah, it is, it is stressful. Um, but the thing is, like nowadays, I've kind of learned not to take it too seriously. Yeah, it is fucking stressful. Oh, that's why we have a good bit of a laugh in the kitchen. We've got an open kitchen. I can't stand it trying to scream at people. And I just kind of turn on the head. It's like, it is, you know what I mean? Um, you kind of got to look, not be so serious about it. That's the way I think about it. Because it, it's cooking at the end of the day. It's someone's dinner, yeah. Got to make that serious, but it's someone's dinner. But to kind of chill out and relax will probably end up like, Majority chefs do some beer, um, and at the minute there's quite a few. No, um, I kind of go when I when I have got time. I try like to fish, fish. fishing, yeah. Fish. Um, and then obviously when the weather's a bit nice and not quite as icy, I do tend to ride my motorbike to and from work. So I, and then I kind of the only thing is I live quite close to the train station, like, so it's quite handy. <laughs> so I don't get my bike as much as like, but it's. Birmingham City Centre is a nightmare at the minute because to get here it take me an extra 20 minutes on the motorbike which is just a pain in the arse but that's nice to get out of the motorbike um, the bed, right? especially on a nice sunny day weekends get out go to Stratford or somewhere the, yeah yeah I have been down um, a few times um, tentacle feet like go down to got like in-laws they've got a little Caravans down Chooks Way and kind of go fishing down there. Been down in back roads and the motorbikes, good fun. Quite scary, like, but yeah, it's quite good fun. This is the last question now. Um, I just want to know what would you say is the best part of your job and the worst part of your job? Best part? Um, best part is just like seeing people enjoying themselves, doing what I do um, for a living. Because, like, I do actually really enjoy what I do. Um, I, I, don't think, I don't think you could do it if nah. you didn't. It's one of them jobs where you have yeah. to be passionate and you have to love it. Or Yeah, I, I was, um, yeah, I do do a few hours, let's just say, a week. Uh, and it's hard, but I would, you know, I mean, I couldn't, I don't really know what else I would do. Um, and I do love it. And it's just making people happy. Can't you see, like, the social media platforms at the minute are literally just going through the roof like all stuff um, and it's really cool it's really cool to see that um, and like I say I don't really like to kind of have a bit of a joke I don't take myself that seriously so um, where's part um, I don't really know I honestly don't um because I kind of write the menu around what I can do. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's kind of... I, I, just, I don't know. Uh, it's all right. There's nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's a terrible man. I hate that bit. <laughs> I'm a hard dates, really. That's the word. It's just a nightmare. Just going through that board. Now, um, I suppose it's all in the, the kind of HR stuff, the serious stuff, like, you know, Kind of like letting people go and stuff like that, you know, when people have to go, that's kind of that's a bit of shit, really, to be honest. It's not, it's not kind of, don't really like doing that. Bad necessity. Yeah, yeah. Right, then, Mark, um, thanks very much for your time today. 
and that's been brilliant. Well, there it is. This was a conversation that I really enjoyed. I'm very grateful to Chef Mark Walsh for giving me the time. I know a chef's time is very precious. I'm also very grateful to Mark for being so honest. He really did come across as an honest, no bullshit, down to earth kind of bloke. Um, and his passion for his job just shone through massively. I really hope you all enjoyed that. And thanks very much for listening. Please remember to subscribe and if you listen on iTunes or Apple Podcasts to leave us a review. It really does help us with podcasts out. Um, and feel free to give us some feedback or just get in contact with us for a general chat on our social media. Uh, I'll put the links to that in the show notes as usual. I'll also put the, the links up to Mark Walsh's uh, social media and for Point Shop social media. And be sure to go and check all of that out. Until next time, take care.